0: Would be shot on sight. So I jumped on the fence and he yelled at the house Hey, what gives you the right? Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Tesla Cube podcast, uh, another little snippet from the song Signs by the five-man electric band. Uh, as far as I know, no Shorty Ground Force members have yet been arrested for trespassing, hopefully that remains the case. We're recording this episode here on the second day of 2019 in the simulation. Pretty much a, a slow news day, obviously. Uh, Only had the quarter four 2018 delivery and production report from Tesla, along with the after hours piece of news on Apple, which I'll talk about just a little bit later. Uh, Gotten some early feedback on the podcast. Uh, One person suggested that episode three was a little bit short and left them wanting more. So I might consider uh, adjusting the target length of episode Maybe to 20 to 25 minutes. Although I'm not sure if I'll have time to actually make that happen, but but we'll see. Uh, another person suggested that I should polish things up from ep- based on uh, listening to episode three. Uh, I, I agree that that uh, little Twitter bookmark snafu was was pretty lame, uh, and I might have might have edited it out if I had a little bit more time, but we are dealing with time constraints here, so. I apologize for that. For this episode, I've made a typed out outline to hopefully keep things flowing a little bit better. Um, And another, another thing that's been brought up is that it might be good if I added some commentary to some of the discussions of notable tweets rather than just try to read them or summarize them. Uh, So I'll try to do that. Uh, Another thing I thought of just before I started recording this episode is to possibly have a a mission statement for the podcast to help better focus what I'm trying to do here. Uh, The initial draft of that is three S's, story, summary, and sanity. So the story aspect, obviously, telling the story of the bearish side of of Tesla from the Tesla Q Twitter perspective. it's a story that needs to be documented somehow. This may or may not be a, a great way to do it, but we will find out. Uh, summary, just to summarize the the constant news flow that comes along with Tesla. And sanity, to help me be sure that I'm keeping my sanity and how I view some of the items that happen with Tesla. And just the, the overall sanity of the market. Um, a lot of people would... Argue that Tesla has been given a little, little too much rope, a little too much capital uh, to date. We'll see if that's the case uh, with future share price movement and how the demand story ends up playing out. A little bit of an update to the podcast and Twitter account, um, up to over 180 followers on Twitter and over 170 downloads. According to Podbean, which I'm not sure if that counts, only Podbean plays or downloads or if that also pulls data from other sources like Podcast Addict, which is what I use to listen to podcasts, or iTunes itself, uh, did get news today that the podcast has been accepted on iTunes, so that's, that's good. Uh, if you like the podcast or the idea of the podcast, please go to iTunes and rate it if you get a chance to. Assuming you use iTunes, don't download iTunes just specifically to do that. And I have 14 followers on Podbean, which um, had just a few comments on there. I don't know if that's something that very many people do. Um, But this early traction indicates to me that this is a niche, or niche I guess is how a lot of people pronounce it, that was uh, needing to be filled in the podcast space. And based on that realization, I recognize that since I started this thing, I need to actually do this subject justice and produce a quality podcast, but that's not going to be an instant process. It's going to take time as I'm learning as I go. And with that, we'll go into uh, something that I probably should have included in one of the first few episodes, and that's the disclosure that anything that I say on this podcast should not be considered trading advice or investment advice. Uh, do your own due diligence elsewhere. Uh, just, I was looking earlier today since 2018 just ended, and for the year 2018, I was actually down on the year on my short-term trades. I was up on long-term trades, but uh, just don't don't trade based on based solely on information that you hear here. Uh, that fits along with a lot of financial podcast disclosures that I've heard. So. I have not ran that across a lawyer, but don't don't trade just because of something you heard here. And just to add a bit more, um, I did have a bit of a, a technical analysis and chart reading phase during 2018. I wasn't very successful with that, so don't follow my readings of charts. Uh, there are a lot of people on Twitter that are much better at technical analysis and chart reading than I am. Two quick examples that I will mention are Jin Sao or Jin SEO. I'm not sure what the proper pronunciation is, but uh, he's noted a lot of breaking of parabolic advances here in the last few months. Um, I'm pretty sure he's made tons and tons of money in the last few months with his trading. Uh, one thing I've noticed about him lately, or noticed lately on Twitter in regards to him, is that people have been referring to him as Mr. Jin, which I couldn't help but think of of this little clip from Indiana Jones when I see people refer to him as Mr. Jin, So I'll play it for you real quick here. Willie is my professional name, Indiana. Hey lady, you call him Dr. Jones. My. So, uh, Dr. Jones or Mr. Jin, uh Hopefully that can give you a, a slight laugh. Um, another account from Twitter that's really good with technical analysis is OptionSniper. Uh, the Twitter account name is Option underscore Snipper with two Ps. Uh, going back to Jin Sao, his his Twitter handle is JTSEO, the letter, and then the number nine. Uh, and Option Sniper, he he uses a lot of moving averages and support levels for his trading. It's almost unbelievable how, how successful he appears to be based on the entries that he posts on Twitter. Uh, but oddly to me, he seems to be a super bull for Tesla, which... I, I'm not sure what all he bases that on. And he has indicated that he might block Tesla bears on Twitter. So if you're a Tesla bear, uh, don't don't be rude to him. He doesn't like rudeness. But he is a very good technical analysis chart reader guy. But I'm sure he's he's got disclosures about not using his Twitter feed for trading advice. Similar, similarly to basically all financial Twitter. I almost feel like all of... Hashtag FinTwit should have just a blanket disclosure statement so that we don't have to keep repeating that kind of thing. Maybe, maybe that'll happen someday. Who knows? The big news today, of course, in Tesla land was the delivery numbers from quarter four, which were released in a press release along with uh, an 8K on the SEC site from that delivery report. Uh, Quarter 4 production grew to 86,555 vehicles, 8% more than Quarter 3, 61,394 of those were Model 3s, and 25,161 were Model Ss and Xs, and they said that was consistent with their long-term run rate of approximately 100,000 Ss and Xs per year. And Deliveries grew to 90,700 vehicles, which was 8% more than quarter three, and that included 63,150 Model 3s and 27,550 Model S and X vehicles. And uh, following that news release, Tesla's share price today uh, ended the day down 6.81% from Yesterday or for Monday's close, not yesterday's close, since the market was closed. Uh, closed the day at three hundred and ten dollars and twelve cents, and it was down about a percent more after hours when I checked earlier. And to somebody new to the Tesla saga, it might seem odd that the the share price would be down on this delivery report, uh, but to Tesla Q Twitter, it's not a huge surprise. Um, moving on to the other big news item of the day. Uh, after hours today, Apple announced that they're guiding lower for their quarter four, may not be quarter four, whatever their upcoming quarter is that includes the Christmas and holiday sales. Uh, their prior range had been $89 to $93 billion of revenue, and they guided down to $84 billion, which is $5 billion lower than the low-end guidance they provided before. Uh, Apple shares were halted after hours and resumed trading, I think, at 4.50 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, So tomorrow, this will probably weigh on the overall markets, as Apple is obviously a big component of several indices. Uh, So those are the two big news items today. And with that, I'm going to move on to the Twitter bookmark summary. And this this next part is going to be a little more free-flowing and off-the-cuff than the opening part of this podcast, which was more from the Outline that I prepared in advance. So bear with me as I move to the Twitter bookmarks. These are going to be roughly in reverse cumulative order. Uh, the first tweet I'm going to highlight is from Tommy T O M I on Twitter, and it's a quick Tesla Q cash update. Uh, he's got the the cash balance at the end of quarter three, uh, the loans that they've had to pay back in the meantime, some of which were due in November, along with the cash needed for the March convertibles and then the accounts payable minus the accounts receivable and he comes up with 1.18 billion dollars of additional cash needed from Tesla and says in a reply tweet that if you're long you have to be confident that the quarter three cash balance was real and that Tesla can survive without massive sg and and CapEx increases for the next six months along with not destroying the brand and that the miraculous SG&A level from quarter three can hold up, and that uh, greater than $500 million of under-provisioned warranties won't be realized. Uh, the warranty provisions are something that Mark Spiegel has pointed out a lot. Uh, somebody noted that Mark is one of the Tesla Q tweeters who I have failed to mention in episode two, uh, so that was, that was my bad, but he, he has noted on numerous occasions that the warranty provisions are not sustainable based on uh, other, other automotive manufacturers and what appears to be Tesla's historic need for uh, money for warranties. So keep that in mind with the whole Tesla story. So I'm gonna go ahead and un- unbookmark that tweet from Tommy. In just a moment and then uh, next is a that tweet wasn't actually all that recent It was from earlier this morning the next one is from Elmer Fudd from approximately little little after 5 p.m. this, this evening and he says I wonder if Tesla will still report the steady 400 million dollars in revenue from China in quarter four uh, this tweet is in reference to uh, The basically uh, flat revenue levels that Tesla's had for China over, I don't know how many of the last few quarters, but there hasn't really been any change, which is kind of suspect. Um, And Elmer is also referring to this latest guidance from Apple. uh, Since uh, Chinese demand for Apple's products are now down, perhaps they will also have less demand for Tesla's products. I guess that is to be seen. So I'll go ahead and remove that bookmark. <laughs> Next is uh, one from, earlier this morning, it's from Bagholder quotes. And the quote was, for me, the numbers are awesome. I'm super happy. So this was from a, uh, a Tesla bull. And there's a nice little uh, GIF included, which is a glass of red, a red beverage, which is apparently Kool-Aid, and there's a Tesla logo on the cup, and uh, the the person is licking up the the Kool-Aid, basically. Uh, I'm sure that won't be the last time that that image gets used with uh, a quote from a potential future bag holder. Next is a uh, tweet from Dana Hull. She is a uh, She's a writer for Bloomberg, and she covers SpaceX, Tesla, and Elon Musk. So she's got a she's got a pretty busy beat there, covering those topics. And this is a a, a quote from Tony Second Nagi, which I, I believe he's a stock analyst. And his quote is: "We estimate that nearly three quarters of Model 3 reservation holders in the U.S. have not yet ordered a Model 3. It is unclear if this is bullish." and then latent demand in parentheses or bearish, they lost interest. (laughs) And as a response to this, Ed Niedermeyer said, if only there were some other data point that could clarify this dilemma, dot, 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 Tesla drops prices across the board. How can there not be a single data point related to demand that might shed some light on this situation? So uh, my reading of Ed's tweet is a lot of sarcasm. Along with Tesla's deliveries today, they also announced a $2,000 price drop for all the models that they sell, the S, the X, and all the different trim levels of the the Model 3, or range levels, I should say. Uh, That was noticed last night by Tesla Q Twitter, but then today in the 8K filing for the production and delivery numbers, it was also included there. So, um, Ed's sarcasm te- seems to indicate that, the, that that quote, or that that factor is more bearish, that some of the early reservation holders have lost interest in placing an order for a model 3. The next tweet to highlight is one from the naked collar. The Twitter handle is collar naked. Uh, it's a 21 or 22 th- tweet thread. So i'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into it in detail. Um I did already retweet it. Uh, one thing about this account that I'll mention is that uh, selling naked calls is a very potentially dangerous uh, investing and trading strategy. Uh, if you sell a call but you don't own the underlying shares, your liabilities could could end up being much much larger than than when you open the trade. So I don't at all advise selling naked calls so uh, it's a very unique strategy and that's what this Twitter user apparently specializes in but uh, I don't recommend it but the thread is a good thread Uh, talks about how he started off as a Tesla bull and became a Tesla bear Uh, I'm still waiting to hear a story of someone who started off as a Tesla bear and later became a bull Uh, but as I've said I reserve the right to, to possibly be that person in the future if Tesla can show that they are, they have a sustainable business model. So maybe I will be the first conversion in that direction. Uh, next is a really short tweet from Polixenes, I highlighted two of his threads in yesterday's episode three podcast. And uh, it, this tweet just says that Goldman Sachs put out a new note on the Tesla quarter four deliveries and missing from from it is any reaffirmation of gap earnings or cash flow guidance uh, any comment on demand levels or any update to the Model 3 reservation count which had for a long time been held steady at about 420,000 allegedly and no update on the split between the General Assembly Three and General Assembly four production lines, or any update on the current production level, which has been being documented by Skabushka on Twitter to an extent. Um, Also, the Bloomberg tracker has been following it. And as part of that note from Goldman Sachs, their price target on Tesla is $225 a share. So take that for whatever it might be worth. Next tweet on my list is from Tesla charts, and it's a chart that includes the the difference between the number of, of uh, Model 3s that are registered. And as of the end of uh, the third quarter, there were about 31,000 unregistered Model 3s uh, when looking at the data that Tesla charts has as compared to the number that Tesla has said that they've produced. I think that number up to above 40,000 now with the quarter four numbers. Uh, so that's been a pretty hot topic of conversation today on Tesla Q Twitter. Next tweet is from Andreas Hopf, and that's A N D R E A S underscore H O P F is the Twitter handle, and it's a a chart that just lists lists the historic production and delivery numbers of Tesla's different models. Apparently, there's about seventeen thousand total cars that aren't easily explained. Uh, so that's uh, also been a fairly hot topic on Tesla Q Twitter today. Uh, a tweet from Elon Bachman at about 12:27 p.m. Eastern time today uh, includes the cumulative Model 3s scrapped and/or in, in inventory, which is up to over or right right at about 7,000 Model 3s. That's based on the production levels and in transit as of the end of the quarter from quarter three and quarter four, uh, so I'm not sure sure, not sure not where those 7,000 cars are, but uh, they're probably in some of the lots around the country, either Fuddruckers lots or, or other somewhat conspicuous locations. On the very same topic, uh, Thread for Machine Planet at about the same time, includes the same observation. Uh, he's got the numbers here in his reply to his own tweet. It says in quarter, this, these are the numbers from quarter three and quarter four added together. There were 155,662 produced. Actually, I think it's more quarters than that. Uh, and 147,380 delivered Model 3s and 1,010 in transit at the end of quarter four. So there's about 7,272 that are unexplained or missing. Next, I have a quick note that I made to myself to explain a description of enterprise value. Uh, so I'll just go ahead and do that real quick. Enterprise value, in short, is the market capitalization of a company adjusted for their net cash position. So in Tesla's case, they have uh net debt position. So their enterprise value is actually higher than their market cap, which when you look at things from a, like a price to sales ratio or or something like that, in my opinion, using enterprise value is much more, um, a much better way to do it than simply using the market cap, which is just price times the number of outstanding shares. This small difference is one thing that I would imagine that the Tesla Q side of Twitter is much more knowledgeable, knowledgeable about than the Tesla bull side of Twitter. And next, uh, a tweet that I noticed earlier today, which didn't directly apply to, to Tesla, but definitely indirectly applies, is a chart from Lisa Abramowitz, who is uh, she works for Bloomberg. And it's a chart of junk bond issuance um, and shows that in December that the number of the amount of junk bonds issued was basically zero dollars why this applies to Tesla of course is that Tesla's current credit rating is quote junk status Uh, they might get downgraded in the not too distant future I guess we'll see about that uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the term is for less than junk status, but uh, we might find out if Tesla gets to that point. And, uh, and this, the fact that there wasn't any appetite to issue junk bonds in December is not good for Tesla's ability to, to raise capital in the debt markets, as they are already at junk rating, and any further downgrade would just make it that much harder to get any uh, bonds issued. And I should also note that I, I think on Tesla Q Twitter today, I saw that Tesla's 2025 bonds were trading at about $86, which uh, par, of course, is $100. So they're yielding over 8%. So that's super bullish, right? No, that's that's not super bullish. And just indicates that Tesla's cost of capital would be quite a bit higher than a lot of other companies. Um and with that I'm going to end the tweet bookmark segment of this episode and start to wrap up. Obviously the big news item today was that Tesla released their quarter 4 production and delivery numbers. Now whether those are fully accurate or not is is a question that might be worth asking, uh, but even if you take them at face value, you have to consider the $2000 price drop that they announced. And the fact that the U.S. federal income tax credit for EVs for Tesla decreased from $7,500 to $3,750 as of yesterday. Uh, for other manufacturers that haven't yet hit the 200000 vehicle limit, that credit is still $7,500, which wasn't clearly spelled out in Tesla's 8K, which I don't blame them for that. I understand why they worded things the way they did. Um, so... Even with the record number of uh, Model 3s that were produced and delivered, Tesla shares traded down today uh, based on the forward-looking picture of the demand. So just keep that in mind. Don't take anything I say as trading advice. And with that, we will call this an episode. Bye-bye.